Hey everyone. Do you want to get inspired? I want to get inspired. Let's everybody just get inspired. Miracle Mondays. Hello again. Welcome back to episode three of Miracle Monday. Uh, Derek is here with us. Say hi, Derek. Hello. There he is. There's Derek. In this week's episode, it's going to be a little bit different. It's it's not just one person's story. It's more of a like miracle phenomena that is happening. So this week's episode is called Incorruptible Corpses, A Sign of Sainthood. So I'm going to be talking about this, like I said, miracle slash phenomena that happens to these people who have had... Um, done pretty amazing things with their life and thus their bodies don't seem to um, decompose the way a normal human body decomposes. Normal decomposition, you know, within a few hours, X, Y, and Z happens. And then after a day, this happens. And after a year, this happens. All these kind of markers happen. Your, your, Your muscle breaks down, your tissue breaks down. Um, you go into rigor mortis, that ends after a few hours, and then you go into like permanent rigor mortis. Like these things are not happening to these individuals' bodies for whatever reason. I'm gonna post some photos on my Instagram page, and you need to remember that these people have been gone for hundreds of years. They've been deceased that long. And they look as if they're simply sleeping. Um, so the the miracle is basically the fact that they are um, still so looking like they just died. Yeah. They, even they, though they've been dead for hundreds and hundreds of years in some cases. Right. And so it's kind of a broader miracle, so to speak. And we'll probably discuss that at some point throughout this. Um but yeah, uh, I'll, I'll get into it. It's just, it, it's crazy to me. Like I said, wait till you see the pictures. It is pretty mind-blowing, some of them. Not all, so I picked kind of the more, uh, to talk about the more well-preserved ones. Because, I mean, they literally look as if they've just simply fallen asleep and uh, are going to wake up in a few minutes. That's that's what it looks like. So there's some that are less, that are more decomposed looking, that are still fall into the same category? Yes, so I'll kind of list off some of the um, other other saints that I'm that I'm not going to go in depth about towards the end here. Um, but some of them look, I, 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 as for lack of a better way to say this, they almost look like a hide. You know, like you, you leave a cow hide out in the sun and it tans and it tightens up and it makes leather essentially, um, kind of like that. But still, regardless of that, their bodies are still not doing what typically happens and decomposing the way a body typically decomposes. After hundreds of years, essentially you should be nothing but bones and dust. This like is All the flesh should be rotted yeah, away at that point. Rotted away, muscle should be gone, tissue should be gone. There should be nothing left. And these people, this is not happening for whatever reason. And their bodies are also still like movable and malleable, which like I said earlier, your body typically goes into like a permanent rigor mortis where you become stiff and rigid and you cannot move them. Like they are, I mean, you would have to like snap apart a joint to make them move an arm or whatever. 
Uh, so this is not happening to these individuals. So yeah, I'll, I'll jump in with a quote from um, a YouTuber named Neil Dinsmore. Uh, if, if you want to see some more pictures than besides the ones that I just posted, you can go to his YouTube page. The title of his is Incorruptibles, The Corpses That Would Not Rot. So if you want to look that up, um, you can do so. It'll um, give you very brief information about uh, about about the the saints as well. But here's the quote that I that I took from his page: "Incorruptible corpses are said to be those are said to be people whose earthly remains are unaffected by the natural processes of decomposition." Roman Catholic and Eastern Orthodox belief states that divine intervention can cause this phenomena. So right there, that's kind of the the miracle. Okay. And take it as a sign of the person's holiness. Um, I'm going to use a couple words here. I'm going to give you kind of a a, a teacher teacher moment um, and give you a vocab lesson here because I didn't know what they meant. Um, but if you hear me say these words or a variation of these words, you'll know what it means. So beatified, that means the Roman Catholic Church to proclaim a deceased person to be one of the blessed and worthy of public religious veneration in a particular region or religious congregation. Um, the other one is canonized. Uh, that means to declare a deceased person to be a saint and entitled to be fully honored as such. I'm not really sure what that means, fully honored as such. Like, how do you honor a saint? What do you know? Well, saints are like saints of something, like saints of nurses, the, the saint of... The poor, the but how? But how are they typically honored after death? Is they that... people pray to them through oh, okay. using the the uh, prayer beads, and um, they use them as protection. They wear their so whatever they were like signals. known for. You pray to them for those things. Yeah, like the this is the the saint of alcoholics, or you know this is the saint of whatever. Okay, and you would wear the symbol or the uh, <clears throat> like the silver amulet of mm -hmm. that saint to protect you. Because you have that same problem or whatever. That's okay. usually what people use saints or pray to saints for. Okay. That makes sense. Mostly um, in the Catholic religion. Okay. That makes sense. Um, and it's kind of interesting. So last week we talked about Mr. Belay or Belay. I don't remember. JP Belay or Belay, whatever. Um, in Lord's France. So this is... I thought it was pretty interesting because I wasn't sure what I was going to talk about this week. And I just kind of stumbled upon this concept of the incorruptible corpses. I had never heard of it before and I found it pretty intriguing so I started digging. And actually the first person that came up was the girl that we briefly talked about last week who discovered uh, the healing cave in Lourdes, France. So I thought that was pretty interesting that, you know, last week we talked about that. I'm looking what to do for this week. I find this concept I've never heard of before and she happens to be the first one that I pull up. So I thought that was pretty interesting because now we're going to cover her story. So we're going to talk about St. Bernadette of Lourdes. Um, she was also known as Sister Maria Bernard um, in her order or her, you know, her group. She was born January 7th, 1844. So in 1858, age 14, she started reporting visions of a lady, which is later to be believed as the Virgin Mary. She's seeing what she thinks is the Virgin Mary come to her and, you know, give her signs and, 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 and help her prophesize things, I guess, or heal things, I think is more so what is happening here. 
Um, civil authorities tried to force her to recant her reports, but she refused. So I just want you to think about that for just a second. What were you doing at 14 year, years old? Um, not, not that. Right. Nothing so at 14 good. years old, I'm, you know, a hyper-emotional gothic girl in high school worrying about what people are thinking about me or whatever, you know, bullshit stuff that literally makes, it makes no sense. And it, it's pointless. Doesn't pointless. It, it has nothing. It, it means nothing. I'm not a 14 year old girl who is experiencing visions from the Lord God. And then being told that I need to recant them and standing up for my beliefs and saying, no, like I could not imagine being that faithful in my conviction at 14 at 14 years old and that you know who knows what they did to try to get her to recant this because religious aspects and and even just women in general at this time are not you know treated the way they are now um and and they take religion very seriously so just think about that for a minute she's she's at this point like basically willing to to die for her conviction here she's willing she's not gonna recant her conviction period she's not gonna do it and that's pretty crazy and pretty bold for a 14 year old girl is there any did you find any information as to why they wanted her to recant like what is the harm of her is there was there did they say anything about why they wanted her to recant her stories you know i i actually didn't to be honest i didn't i didn't look that up. That's a great question. My guess, just knowing the time period, is probably because, one, she's a girl who is young. They probably think that she is lying. Or, like, they had uh, a weird belief about sorcerers and witches and that type of stuff, which, you know, probably something down one of those avenues Yeah, is my guess. Um, but I, I honestly don't know. I did not look that up, so don't quote me. And that's just my theoretical guess on it knowing the time frame uh that she's living in at this point just seems like a weird thing for the police or the authorities to vilify her for no reason uh, unless the, the other reason could be that everything she's saying is 100 percent coming true and happening which it's, i could see how they, people to be fearful yeah they wouldn't right. want people to be all freaked out because everything she's saying is coming true or whatever right or or is happening yeah because i don't think she necessarily had like prophecies i think she was more like had the ability to heal so she began to spread the word even more about her visions and about a cave which we talked about last week in lords where uh, uh the our lady statue is um so she started talking about the visions and a cave that she had found that had miracle had a miracle healing spring running through it so again we talked about that last week about that cave that now thousands of people visit yearly and thousands of people are trying to get their own miracles after having been there um like i don't know how you want to word this approved by or accepted by uh the catholic church as miracles so she is the one who found this and stuck by her convictions that it does what it does and today still it's in use for this reason because of her um she eventually moved away to nevers to a nunnery and she lived out the rest of her life there until she died April 16th, 1879, of tuberculosis at the age of 35. Uh, so I would imagine that's kind of an appropriate age 
for this time frame to pass what away. What year was it again? For her death and birth. Yeah. Uh, her birth was 1844 and death was 1879. Okay, yeah. So yeah, she was 30, she was 35. She died in the St. Croix, uh, which means Holy Cross Infirmary of the Covenant, Covent, oh, Convent, excuse me, of St. Gildard, Gildard? Gildard. I'm going to go with Gildard. That's Close just, enough. That just sounds the best. I think I'm just going to go with that. After her death, her visions were deemed miracles by the church. And again, we talked about that last week. You know, how tons of people want to have their uh, miracles confirmed by the church. So hers were some of the first ones right here. Um, and go figure, it's after she dies that this happens. Isn't that how, like, every... You know, artist and everything has happened throughout the years. After they die, then they're way more famous than when they were alive. Galileo was excommunicated by the Roman Catholic Church in whatever year, mm -hmm. 16 whatever, or whatever year that was. And he wasn't, he was just um, reinstated in the church like 10 years ago. Yeah, which is crazy. <laughs> all, all after his death. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's been which, dead for hundreds of years. Which at that point makes not that much sense, but yeah, whatever. But he, I mean, yeah. he was officially excommunicated. Right, yeah, that's crazy. So, after the fact, so, again, remember these dates. She passes away in 1879. She was exhumed three times, the first time being in 1909. So, I don't know, I'm not going to do the math, but that's what, like 30 years, roughly? Yeah. Again in 1919, and again in 1925. I want you to think of those dates when you go to look at her picture on Instagram. I just, you just keep those dates in mind. That's all I'm going to say. Um, she was exhumed three times as part of the canonization process. So getting her um, declared as a saint and in giving her her entitlements, they're realizing at this point that she doesn't obviously look like a normal deceased person. So in 1925, when she's uh, going to be laid to her final resting place, which is going to be in a crystal casket for viewing... They decide to dip her in wax. So, again, not that any of that matters because she's already been gone for how many years at this point and looks perfect with no embalming, no nothing having been done to her and looks the way she looks. Now they're going to wax her because they fear that people will not believe that this is a miracle and that her body looks the way it looks because she might have, like, slight discoloration under her eyes, which blows my mind. So it's in my opinion, like, a great epitome of people today, or at least in our culture slash society, because, you know, again, her body's been gone, and she's, she's been passed away and deceased for how long, looks the way she looks, completely perfect, as if she's simply sleeping, and now they're worried that people are going to believe it's not a miracle. So they dip her in wax to, to slightly, I mean, I don't know how well wax would preserve a body and how for how long, but still, it's the fact that people would not believe that this already is a miracle in and of itself. You know, does that make sense what, how I'm saying that? Does yeah. That, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like. And the fact that they, they exhumed her for, to canonize her, mm -hmm. meaning, so after they canonized her, I'm sure they were like, oh, well, now we, even though she looks perfectly like she did when she died. We're just going to dip her in wax just so no one can say anything, you know, since they already made her a saint. Right. But but 
Can you imagine being dead, put in a box, buried, and then when you're dug up after all that trauma to what should happen to a body in the dirt and whatever? Because you're not, and it's not like today where you're embalmed and put into a casket that essentially locks and seals fairly tight and whatever and put in the earth. You're basically just thrown in this half-assed shanty wooden box, you know, and put in the ground. So where, no, I know this is kind of morbid to talk about, but where are the bugs? Where are the, where's all this stuff that's supposed to happen to you? This isn't happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, here, I'm going to pull up a picture for you. If this doesn't blow your mind, I don't know what will. This is what she looks like today. So though she looks like this today, this is what she looked like after being dead for how many years, buried three different times. This is what she looks like. Holy shit. Yeah, I'm looking at the photo now. I mean, it looks like she is taking a nap or something. Like, she doesn't look like she died in 1879 or whatever. She doesn't look like she died at all. No, she looks... She doesn't look dead. She looks alive. Yeah, that's crazy. Right. So, how? Like, I mean, even her hair is still colored and... Her nails are shiny and it it just makes no sense. She's still got like color to her cheeks almost. It's just bizarre to me. And she looks so peaceful, you know. It it seriously just blew my mind looking at that picture. Um, So yeah, she was finally moved to a crystal casket for viewing um, her body and now is in the chapel of St. Bernadette in Nevers. Um, So that kind of wraps up the first one that I wanted to go over, but I just thought how interesting it was knowing that I covered that again there's no coincidences but I covered that stuff last week and then find out this concept which I've never heard of just looking for miracles to talk about to you guys and she's the first one that pops up in this process you know what I mean and she's the one who discovered last week's stuff seriously mind-blowing life is crazy guys I'm telling you we are amazing creatures and we just have to put belief into ourselves and into the universe. And I just, I'm seriously just mind blown. Like, I, I, I think that it's sad that people don't open their eyes more to the possibilities of miracles and things happening all, all around them all the time, you know? Yeah, everyone kind of just turns off of that possibility, you know? Well, I mean, it's somewhat natural to try to find a scientific or a some sort of something to rationalize it for people who are closed-minded, you know, because I don't know if it's fear, denial, they don't want to look weird, they don't want to sound weird if they if they believe in this or, or, or whatever, but anyway, I, I just wish people would, like, open their mind to the possibilities because so many amazing things happen in the world every day. And people brush them off, you know, or call people who have experienced these things crazy. And it, it it's sad. It's sad that that's what our world has come to, I guess. That's my point. Anyway. The second person that I want to talk about, there I could not find a lot of information on him. I really just wanted to say his name because he died a martyr, which is dying for your beliefs. So he literally, in the face of death, would not give up his beliefs and thus died for them. So I really just wanted to say his name. His name is St. Sylvan. Um, His body is over 1,600 years old. So again, remember that when you're looking at um, him in his glass or crystal coffin. uh, Just remember that. 
So he died circa 350, so 350 AD. That's... <laughs> pretty long time ago. Pretty, pretty long time ago, yes. Um, that's literally all I was going to talk about him. I literally just wanted to say his name because I just thought how amazing that was. Like, how brave and, you know, how, yeah, essentially just how brave that was. That somebody would literally die... For their beliefs in God. And essentially that's where we should all be in life is believing to the point where death does not become fearful to you, you know. Um, yeah, you don't come across that too often nowadays. <laughs> I don't think... Not that I've seen, at least. I don't think there's too many people out there who would die for any of their beliefs, let alone a religious one. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but that's the vibe I get from today's world and again that is kind of sad the third one i want to talk about and i feel probably the most interesting i guess um is blessed anna maria taiji i'm not sure if i'm pronouncing that right it's t-a-i-g-i um so hopefully i said that right taigi maybe taigi taiji something something along those lines so she was born may 29th 1769 um, she was known for her power of healing, reading hearts, or AKA energy. She saw visions and even predicted deaths. Um, as far as I know, she was not like part of a church. So like St. Bernadette, she was part of a church. She was a nun. She, you know, essentially grew up in the church and, and dedicating her life to, to the church. Um, I don't believe, um, Anna Maria was. Um, so her vision started when she was uh, 24 years old. And again, I don't really know exactly how they started. I read something about a mystical globe. So I don't know if she found one, made one, went to visit like a fortune, te- a fortune teller. I don't know what you would have called them back then. Um, gypsy. Gypsy, uh, something like that. I don't know how that all got started. I read something about a globe which helped her in her predictions um, and prophecies that she, that she's about to experience. Um, so I'm just going to list off some things that were, uh, predicted by her and proven. And they, like, they actually happened. It's in history that they, they, they happened after she predicted these things. And it's kind of a list. So, so bear with me, but they're pretty, pretty crazy. So she predicted the abdication. Um, what, what is that word? That's when ab- abdicating, abdicating the throne, uh, uh, stepping down from being a king. Stepping down from being, okay. so Or being, I, I'm pretty sure it's stepping down. It's stepping down, not being forced down? I think that that's called something else, I'm pretty sure. Okay, so she predicted the abdication of Spain's King Charles IV. She predicted the fall of Napoleon and his exact date and time of death, which was... 5.49 p.m. May 5th, 1821. He died of what they think was stomach cancer. Um, I guess his health had been declining around the time that he had died, but that's what they believe happened because they did find stomach cancer on an autopsy, I guess, on him. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, she not only the fall of Napoleon, but also the exact date and time of his death. She predicted the date of liberation of Pope Pius what is that? B-I-I. What did you say? The 7th. Yeah, okay, the 7th. The assassination of the Father General of the Trinitarian Order, whom she was a member of its third order, which I don't know what that is. I 
I don't know. I literally don't know what that is. Anyway, I, I, I don't know. We'll have to look that up or you can look it up yourself. She envisioned the plague of Rome as a chast- chastisement from God on the day after her death. She knew the death of Caesar Alexander I to a Russian general who visited her only one day before the news came to Rome. She also said that his soul had been saved because he died a Catholic and protected the church and the Pope. Alexander I converted to Catholicism before his death in 1825. So he was like newly converted into um, Catholicism before his death. So I thought that was kind of interesting. During the last 25 years of her life, she hand wrote over 4,000 prophecies, which are preserved somewhere now, um, which Hmm. is pretty cool. I got a lot of this information from traditionandaction.org. So if you want to like go over more in depth on some of this stuff, um, because they do break down some of these visions too, um, that were, you know, proven to be true. They break them down a little bit further if you would like to go and read them on your own. She died at 4 a.m., June 9th, 1837, at the age of 68 years old, which, again, for that time period, I think is probably pretty substantial age to, to pass away at. Yeah. Especially for... Had to be. Kind of just a... I don't want to say a nobody, but, uh, you know, someone who's not... The king? Or the queen. king, the queen, someone who's in the court, someone who's well taken care of in that manner. She was just a, a woman. She was told by God that Rome would be spared the cholera outbreak until her death. And as she breathed her last breath, the scourge broke out. So literally as she's dying, the the plague begins to happen and, and the um, the people begin to panic and, and start having hysteria and whatever because it's happening. You know, it's coming to them. Yeah. Which is completely crazy too. She was beatified in 1920 by Benedict XV. What's XV? 15. 15? 15? Okay, so... <laughs> I think because she wasn't a part of the church, she was never deemed a saint. But she was beatified, which, if you remember, is the Roman Catholic Church to proclaim a deceased person to be one of the blessed and worthy of public religious veneration. So, though she was not declared a saint, she was still deemed as a holy person. And the reason they, which is kind of a cop-out because of all the amazing things that she did and predicted and and whatnot, but they, they deemed her... Beatified for being an exemplary wife and mother amid poor times. <laughs> so her being upbeat, positive, and a great mother and wife during these times, that's what they technically labeled it as. Even though she did all these things of healing and predictions and prof- and prophesized things and, and whatnot. So that was I thought that was kind of interesting that... I don't, I don't know, that they, they wrote it down for being somewhat yeah. ordinary. Yeah. You know what I mean? So instead of, like, listing all of her amazing attributes and calling it something else, they're like, oh, we're going to beatify her for being a good wife and mother in poor times, <laughs> which how many, I'm sure there was other wife and mother uh, yeah, at that time. Like she that was were, the only one. Right, who was just happened to be happy during these times, I guess, or, or attempted to be happy during these times. Um, I wanted to read a quote by her. Or of one of her predictions, I wanted to read it aloud. So she actually predicted, I don't know if I said this earlier, she predicted the first two world wars as well, which is pretty crazy. And if she's got over 4,000 prophecies written down somewhere, who's to say that they don't go like well beyond our time, like our present time now, which is crazy to kind of think about, you know? Yeah, I mean, just like Nostradamus had the same type of thing. Mm -hmm. Some of his predictions, it was hard to pinpoint 
if it was about that or not because he would say like the bird flew into this and you know was he talking about 9-11 like Mm -hmm. so i'm sure with her it's probably similar yeah hers seemed to be more like direct though like not like uh, just not like could be taking not like theoretical things or metaphorical (laughs) things it seems like no this is what's going to happen here how whatever you know things like that um but i will read you one of her predictions and it's quoted god will send two punishments one will be in the form of wars revolutions and other evils it shall originate on earth the other will be sent from heaven there shall come over the whole earth an intense darkness lasting three days and three nights nothing can be seen and the air will be laden with pestilence which will claim many but not only the enemies of religion of religion it will be impossible to use any man-made lighting during this darkness except blessed candles he who out of curiosity opens his window to look out or leaves his home will fall dead on the spot during these three days people should remain in their homes pray to the rosary and beg god for mercy whoa pretty intense there but pretty direct so she's saying stay the fuck inside and uh don't be a curious cat because you're gonna end up dead that's pretty direct i don't know how much more direct you can get yeah that's keep your fucking head inside direct don't look out prophecy mind your business essentially which is pretty crazy and pretty uh dark I kind of wonder, though, like, is this a prediction that has already happened? Or is this one something that hasn't happened yet? She says two punishments, which one of them is sent from heaven. So is she talking about the end of days with the one from heaven? Maybe. I mean, I don't know if that part is in Revelation or not. I'd have to look and double check Revelation. Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's three days of darkness like that. There is pestilence and uh, everything else, but I don't know if it coincides with that three days of darkness type of thing. Right. Um, but, you know, it, that's that's a theoretical possibility there is that she's talking about the end of days and that, you know, God's going to take those who are worthy with him and the rest will have to suffer and they will have to earn their place. So that would theoretically be a punishment from heaven is yeah. the people who were not religious and didn't and were non-believers, they would have to then fight against the devil and thus prove themselves worthy to enter heaven since they didn't already do so. Yeah. And get claimed by him. So, theoretically, that she could be talking about that, which I thought was kind of interesting. At least that's where my mind went when I read this. Yeah, that sounds plausible. Where does... Where do you, where do yours, your mind go when you read this? Is yours similar? Well, yeah, it sounds, you... it sounds like a part out of Revelation. Um, that's what it sounds like. Okay. So yeah, it sounds like it could be one of those crazy things that happens um, during Revelation uh, after the rapture, but before the you know the whole terrible portion on Earth where the non-believers have to fight off the Antichrist and mm-hmm. or you know lots of them join the evil side. Mm-hmm. Um, her body is in the Basilica of San Crisogono. I'm butchering these things because I. Just, I don't know. I, they're weird. They're, you, they're not English, I guess. So I don't know how to say them correctly. I also thought it was interesting. She was a mother of seven, which you just don't anticipate. Like, think of a mother now. Say she has seven children and she's going on about these predictions and, you know, all these earthly things that are happening. 
Well, I guess right now, maybe she wouldn't be deemed crazy, but like 10 years ago, she for sure would have been like labeled fucking crazy. Nowadays, it seems like anything is acceptable and, and believed and whatever. So maybe now it would be a great time for her to be alive because she'd be totally believed too. But I feel like 10 years ago, like that just wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Maybe I'm trying not. to think of like one of my friends, you know, telling me, you know, their wives, their mothers, whatever, and they're telling me that they're having these visions or whatever. I'd be like, are you fucking hallucinating? Before my own spiritual awakening, I guess, that's probably what I would have thought. So I assume some of you out there who are listening might be on that track as well. Because until you experience your own something, your mind is just really closed off to things. Um, you, you really don't see things for bigger than what they are. And you try to rationalize it in such a, you know, I don't know, a scientific manner. I, I don't know how, uh, something that makes your self feel comfortable, I guess, instead of denial or, or that it can't happen or this. But, you know, in other cultures... They do this stuff. They they believe in meditation and tapping into the spiritual realm and whatever. Just for whatever reason, our culture here in America typically doesn't do that. Um, yeah. We're so just, uh... really, we're kind of the odd ones out in the grand scheme of the world. Because it seems like a lot of other cultures do a lot of this stuff and believe a lot of this spiritual aspect. Um, but it seems like we are more bullheaded and we have to literally get hit in the face with it for it to... You know, it has to be on either CNN or Fox. If not, it doesn't exist. Right, or I guess maybe maybe YouTube too, but I don't know. It just seems sad that that's where we're at in life is that people can't believe a miracle for a miracle, and we're labeled crazy. You know, um, it's like UFOs or uh, like your conspiracy stuff. You know, you're labeled a conspiracy theorist because you know how to put two and two together and read between the lines type of thing. People who uh, believe in UFOs, there's hundreds upon thousands of these people across the world, and yet the majority still think those type of people are crazy. I think that with miracles, it's kind of the same thing. They get deemed crazy, or or they just are like, oh no, this just happened. It really was just this. It was really just that. You were just uh, had too many meds while you were in there, so that's why... You felt that way, or this is what happened. You had lack of oxygen. That's why you uh, had a near-death experience and saw the white light in the tunnel. What you know what I mean? Yeah. Like people downgrade people, other people's experiences for their own, like so it confirms their own beliefs. Yeah, so it confirms their own beliefs or that or lack thereof. Yeah, you know, like they're in denial or whatever, and it's just sad that we have to do that to other people, you know, to essentially like feel good about ourselves or something that we're scared of because we're close-minded like it's just kind of sad you know but kind of went up in a little rant there because it upsets me i guess but <laughs> still i wanted to list off a couple of the other saints if you wanted to look them up yourselves um and you could study them a little bit further if you wanted to the reason i picked these three um to cover is the the two women one they were just fascinating to me and i really wanted to cover them and the man like i said i really just wanted to say his name and get it out there because such a noble thing and i can't imagine too many people this day and age doing something so magnificent like that but some other ones that you could look up is saint Teresa margaret she died in 1770 saint john vianney probably saying that wrong too uh died 1859 saint zita Died in 1272. St. John Bosco died 1888. St. Vincent de Paul 
died 1660. St. Veronica Giuliani died 1727. Pope John XXIII, what's that, 23? Yes. 23? Died in 16, or 1963. So that would be like the most recent one. So obviously it's like still happening this day and age. You know, 60, in the 60s, that wasn't that long ago. So obviously like certain things are still happening. So it wasn't just like an ancient something. It's still happening today where people, it's unexplained that their bodies are not decomposing so all this list you just said are incorruptible corpses also yes okay right um and there's more out there these were just some of the ones that i had picked to list off because there are more there's quite a few more but yeah so i think that that's just pretty cool because even you know a lot of these are from like way long time ago where the 60s wasn't that long ago where we could you know in the 60s we could use science to kind of pick this apart and 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 whatever yeah you know to prove it to be something else but in the 60s we had that ability and they still can't figure out why this is happening yeah and it seems to be people who have done extraordinary things with their lives you know or or whatever it it, it seems to be people who have done noble things uh good things spiritual things um and that I think that's pretty cool. I guess. Yeah, I never heard of it before. I don't I, think uh, unless it's something else that I was thinking of. But yeah, I don't think I've heard. I, of that. I don't think that I had either, and I literally just went to Duck Duck Go and started looking up some miracles that I wanted to cover for you guys, and came across this concept. And then, like the first thing that so I scrolled down was like looking through some of the things to find an interesting story under this incorruptible corpses idea. And I happened to come upon the St. Bernadette. She was like the first one I picked. And then going through it, it was the Lord's France thing. And I'm like, well, shit, we just covered that last week. And she ended up being the one who discovered that cave of healing and whatever. And I was like, hmm, so maybe there's a sign in there somewhere for myself that I'm overlooking and need to pay attention to. But I just thought that was really cool that that happened and happened the way it did. Because I, I literally had no idea that this was a concept. Yeah, we might have to go to Lord's France. Possibly. Maybe, maybe that's our next step in life. We got to go visit Lord's France and take a look at Saint Bernadette and see the cave that she uh, discovered with its healing properties. That'd be so pretty cool. It would Actually. be cool. I wouldn't mind doing it. I think it'd be very interesting. But yeah, uh, you got any other questions or input that you'd like to add? Um, I guess what? Why do you think um, God or whatever the source energy has chosen these people to be preserved in the, in the way that they are. Um, personally, I think that kind of like what I was talking about earlier, how people these days, they need to justify everything or deny everything, you know, to fit their mental capacity. However, I don't know how else to word that. They're not open-minded enough. I think that if you do extraordinary things like that, God granted them uh, kind of an extra miracle. So not only is it happening, but it's also happening so that other people can see it, you know, because that's not normal. We know that's not normal. So it's like an ongoing miracle. So then other people are now becoming believers because they see this happening. So it's, it's almost like once they've passed away they did good things it's not a miracle for them it's a miracle for everyone else yeah yeah you know what i mean 
Like, that's what I think. It's a miracle for everybody else. But because they did all these amazing things with their life, they were just chosen to be the ones to, to have this happen. Because they already did wonderful things. They're already known for good deeds and, and good goodness, I guess. So I just think it was a way to, like, almost honor who they were in this life and inspire people who who are around yeah because if you go to a wake or you go exhume someone and you find that they're preserved naturally like like without no embalming no nothing then you're like what the hell is going on which will cause you to look into that person then you know start learning about the miracles like huh right holy shit well like i said some of these are like the one guy he was 1600 years past his death yeah and looks the way he looks I mean, at the time, it might not have been so, I don't know, crazy because, you know, oh, he's dead. Okay, now it's been a couple days and, you know, maybe... A lot of these, I think, happened by accident, too. Like, how they found out and noticed, like, like St. Bernadette, she had been buried. And then they pull her up and they're like, what the heck? Yeah. She looks like that. Well, they canonize her, put her back. As part of the process, they had to, for whatever reason, dig her up again. She still looks that way. Another however long later, and they're like, what the heck? So it was kind of like weird accidents how these people were discovered to be this way because, like I said in the beginning, there's just certain steps that happen almost instantly when you pass away. Yeah. I mean, within, like, hours, there's flies on you. Your insides are decaying. So all these things are happening, and they're not happening to these people. So they're all discovered in a weird accidental sort of way. But, I don't know. I I don't know where I was going with that. I just wanted to throw that out there, I guess. But, I just think that they're almost being rewarded because they're already known for doing great things. And it's kind of like their reward. Like, though their soul is who they are and their earthly vessel really doesn't mean anything, it's like an extra miracle for everyone else to see because they're already known for doing wonderful things. So now their, their body is preserved as almost like a relic. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Like, yes, it's an empty vessel now, but it's now a relic for to keep on shining long after they're gone. Yeah. And it still just, continue uh, to inspire highlights people. everything they did. Exactly. More so. So that's kind of what I think. What's your take on it? Yeah, that, that seems uh, logical to me that that would be because that would cause you to look into their previous acts just based on that alone. Just the fact that they're. The way they look, right. the way they look. Oh, that's what I was, that's, sorry, when my tangent before where I kind of got lost with my thought processes. Nowadays, we can see this and look up their, their past and their good deeds. Back then, you couldn't do that. And so, they weren't just going to be like, oh, we're just going to happen to put this woman in a glass casket and worship her forever. Yeah. Like, that wasn't the case. They were all kind of happy accidents, I guess, more so on how they were discovered to be this way and thus realize they were that way yeah Um, that makes sense to me yeah so i don't know i just thought that this whole concept was pretty phenomenal and it's like giving the world a gift back from these people who did such amazing things with their life it's just it's pretty cool i don't know yeah i found it pretty interesting i never heard of it well and there's so many more too so if you feel like Going out there and researching yourself, please do so. I I actually wanted to 
keep going and keep writing, but I didn't want this episode to be like eight days long. Cause that, I mean, that's theoretically, that's how it could have gone. If I went into all these different saints and people yeah. that it's happened to and their, their own significance, but that's the thing. Each one of these people have a pretty significant life and have done some pretty amazing things. Uh, so I guess I, like I said, I think that's kind of their reward or whatever to keep on inspiring people, but it's just, it could have taken me, like I said, days to, to get through yeah. um, all this. So it's I just, just picked... It's just interesting. Now people know. Yeah. And they can go check it out Yeah, go check it out. Uh, I'll repeat some of the um, informational websites and whatnot. So if you guys want to look it up for yourself. So again, that um, YouTube thing. So again, he just puts very minimal. So he puts the like the date that they're beatified, canonized, birth and death date on there. And then he shows pictures of a bunch of different saints that are, are, um, are incorruptible. Um, so you can go to his YouTube channel. It's Neil Dinsmore. Um, the title is called Incorruptibles Dash The Corpses That Would Not Rot. And then some of the websites I used for information, if you want to go more in depth, like I said, you can break down um, Anna Maria's visions. If you want to like go more in depth about her visions, that's on one of the websites. It's uh, traditioninaction.org. And then another one was mysticsofthechurch.com. So those are just some of the websites that I use for information if you'd like to go and check them out yourself um, and dig into it a little bit further. Otherwise, Google's available to everybody. So Or DuckDuckGo would probably be better. Yeah, we've been using DuckDuckGo, <laughs> so we don't have to deal with all the crap popping up all the time and it knowing exactly and recording everything we want and do. So, um, But yeah, check out my Instagram page. I'm telling you, it is insanely crazy. Go look at my Instagram page, DT underscore Miracle Monday. Um, that's the Instagram uh, handle there if you want to check that out. Um, you can uh, email us at dtdimension at protonmail.com. We'd love to hear your miracles uh, or if you ever want to come on the show and talk about your own miracle with us. Or if you want to just send us an email and we want to read, you want us to read it out loud, um, I would definitely do like a listener's day um, where you guys write in and when we get to listen to your own personal miracle story. Um, otherwise, you can visit our webpage, uh, doublethoughtdimension.com. Um, there's a link tree there, which will take you to our, all the ways you can listen to uh, all the, the way, All the ways to listen to the podcast. You, you can, um, on our website, there's the um, icon for Instagram. You can click on that. It'll take you right to it if you don't want to type it in. Um, our emails on there too. So yeah, check us out. Yeah. Uh, hope you liked the episode and, um, we'd like to thank all the listeners out there. If there is any, uh, especially Chelsea. Yep. Chelsea, you got a gift coming. It should be there anytime now. <laughs> Actually, I think anytime between now and May 5th. So be on the lookout for that gift. Oh, also this is a value for value um podcast podcast so if you got any value from this show us your value to us with a donation which you can do on our um website website doublethoughtdimension.com so thanks again everybody have a good week and i will catch you next monday all right take it easy bye hey everyone do you want to get inspired i want to get inspired Let's everybody just get inspired. Miracle.